On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank, we jump right into local college football news. The State Fair of Texas is canceled. So what does that mean for OU Texas? And we also break down the importance of Latrell McCutcheon's commitment. We look at the biggest national stories in college football, the Ivy League canceling fall sports, more schools halting voluntary workouts because of positive tests, and the latest statements from Power 5 conference commissioners. We wet the beak with the Washington Redskins name change, give you our winners and losers of the week, and discuss the Thunder Fellows program in keeping it local. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Osti will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, July 9th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank. Now, recording this on Wednesday night. Before we get started, uh, I would just like to send a sincere message to the fine people at American Airlines. They can kiss my ass because they have made the last <laughs> couple of days for me relatively miserable, Ted. So I, I feel that's fair to start, the, start this episode that way. Well, what happened? Did they uh, extend your vacation and you didn't expect that to happen or something? We've got a full day extension, in fact. Uh, now, it's not the worst thing in the world to spend an extra day in Napa Valley. Can can only complain so much, right? But it, it, it was something that it never had happened to me in my life. And I, I, I will fully admit, I've been pretty lucky when it comes to traveling throughout the years haven't had that many flight delays but we were 15 minutes from the airport got a text from American Airlines that said our flight was going to be delayed 2 hours so we would miss our connection in Phoenix so they automatically rebooked us and I was like oh how nice of them to rebook us cool on, another, of them. on another Phoenix flight because we're going to miss our connection that Phoenix flight wasn't till 8.57 the next morning, Ted. Oh, my God. I mean, that, It was like one in the afternoon. So we're talking like we would have spent all day, and they were just like, yeah, they'll be cool with sleeping in Phoenix. Wow. Well, hmm. that's fascinating. I guess it's uh, – you're kind of glad that they rebooked you, but at the same time it's like – is that really all there is out of Phoenix? Is that the only way we can get home? It gets better. So I'm like, that's not okay. I don't want to sleep on the floor of the Phoenix airport. It doesn't sound very appetizing to me. So then what do I do? I call, of course, because it's easier to talk to a person, right? Well, good luck with so, that. Yeah, finally got through to a person, and they were very helpful. They had us rebooked to the next day. 
We were leaving an early flight out of San Francisco, coming home through Dallas. I was like, okay, not the end of the world. We've got somewhere to stay, not a big deal. Until we had already turned around and then received another text message from American Airlines that said our original flight was back on. Oh, and now it's too late to get there, right? Yeah, we were we had already turned around. We were like 40 minutes from the airport. And I just looked at it and let out just a barrage of customers. I, I was like, you've got to be – it was just unbelievable. Well, I mean, you're right. It's if – if you've gone this long and you've had nothing serious like that happen, you've been lucky. But it's still – there's no way – and I'll just tell you right now, I – tend to be a i'm sure this is a huge shock to you but i tend to be a bit of a high-strung traveler no um not very laid back i uh, i don't like an inconvenience and um my reactions to situations like that can be a bit exaggerated but you know uh every now and then if you're on a vacation you can sometimes it's a lot easier to take it in stride if you're not on a business trip, it's like the end of the world. Right. And I had nothing to do the next day. So it turned out being awesome. I got to spend the whole day by the pool and just drinking wine. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe they did me a favor. But I was pretty pissed off when I'd wake up at 5 a.m. the next morning to head to the airport. That did not make me happy. And I voiced my displeasure with American at least, Airlines. At least that's a 7 a.m. wake here, though. You know, it's not like a... You know, if you're on the East Coast, you got to get up at, at 5 a.m. and travel. Ooh. That's a different story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, we're still in one piece. We're good. We're good. We're, we're still breathing. Now, let's get to the important stuff, Ted. Let's talk some local college football. But before that, we need to talk about something very serious. Guys, stop acting like you're too manly and just accept it. Hard seltzers are amazing, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Ale Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. I dare you to try the pineapple and say it's not incredible. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you. And go follow them on social media at at Will and Wiley. All right, Ted. Which I'll tell you real quickly on that note. I converted Uh-oh. a couple truly drinkers to Will and Wiley over the holiday weekend. How about that? Hey, you're you're doing God's work. Just one, one one or two at a time. It's all it takes, right? Before you know it, you've converted everyone. Hey, they support us. We support them. That's how this whole thing works. Now. The biggest news, clearly, in local college football is the 2020 State Fair of Texas is officially canceled. Now, both Joe Castiglione and Chris Del Conte released statements saying that they fully intend on still playing OU Texas at the Cotton Bowl, even, or I guess if it makes sense for the health and safety of the players and everyone else now teddy this game's not going to be the same without the fair going on around it but as long as they play the game that's all i think that we really care about but 
it's just not going to have the same atmosphere. It won't even be close to the same, man. No, it won't. Um, I will tell you, though, I mean, they've canceled the state fair. There is a – I'll admit it's a long shot, maybe an impossible long shot, but there is a chance that we have the greatest scenario ever with no state fair, things get much better, we open it up, we've got 100% capacity in the stadium, and we got 90,000 people there, and we don't have to deal with all the crap outside of the stadium. And I know a lot of people love all of that stuff, um, and there's some nostalgia there, but, you know, I'm not big on the test driving the F-150 around a tiny little course out there and <laughs> the, you know, 250,000 people just hanging around. I, I, it would be, to me, it would be the perfect scenario to play that game there with only ticket holders. I think that would be awesome. First of all, I love your optimism. I love <laughs> it. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. We're, we're going to try to stay as optimistic as possible on this podcast. Now, for people that are worried about maybe what does that mean for fans? Like you said, there's no fair, but – the decision about capacity is going to be up to the state of Texas, right? And then OU and Texas are going to be able to distribute whatever ticket allotment they receive, or at least that's how I understand it. And let's not, remember, let's not forget that Texas Governor Greg Abbott said stadiums can be at 50% capacity. That has not changed. I know there's been a big spike in coronavirus cases in the state of Texas, but there has been no changes to that policy that he made a while back. So that's where things stand, right? But it's not going to be the same without the fair going around. It's going to be better, Teddy. I'm I am with you because we talk about it all the time. It is an absolute zoo the day of the game. I mean, there's entirely too many people in that fair especially once the game has let out, it's just an absolute shit show. So hopefully, remember staying positive, hopefully this sets up the best OU Texas of all time where it's just about the football. And maybe you're able to set up a couple Fletcher's corny dog stands late in the, late in the game, maybe, maybe. Nope. There'll be some stuff there. The zipper ride may not be there and the, the merry-go-round and all of that stuff, but you could still have some of your fair, um, you know, food and beverage things that you like. Can I give you one more extremely optimistic scenario? Me, I want you to slap me in the face with all of your optimism. What is the one thing that Joe Castiglione has said will never happen at OU Texas? It will never be played at night because someone will die. Exactly. Now, I'm just saying, maybe oh, mama. since there's no state fair and you can eliminate a couple of hundred thousand people on the grounds, maybe there's a little bit of a chance if uh, the scenario is right, both teams are maybe undefeated or something like that. There's no fair happening. Hey, what do you guys think? We're only at 50% capacity, okay? So there's not going to be a it's not that many students, right? right? Because that's the big concern, right? That right. 
the students will overdo it, and they do anyways. I don't know if they, they do it for the 11 a.m. game. I don't know why things would change at all. Yeah. I guess they don't factor in the 11 a.m. Everyone's still on their rip from last night, so it's like uh, maybe that's even worse. But, hey, I'm just saying a lot of optimism, I understand, but maybe just a flicker of hope that there could be a night game. Now, there is one constant for me about OU Texas and that it is an absolute certainty that when I walk away from that game, whether it was as a player or as a fan or working it for TV and radio, I will leave that game sunburnt every single time, no matter what. Every time, even it doesn't matter how much sunscreen I put on, I'm walking out of that thing burnt. You're telling me there could be a scenario where I walk away from OU Texas not sunburnt. Sign me up for that, Teddy Lehman. Sign me up right now. I'm sorry, Gabe. I regret to inform you that uh, the pregame TV show will be filmed uh, on the floor of the Cotton Bowl in direct sunlight right in the middle of the day, 3 o'clock afternoon if it's a 7 o'clock kick. So, no, I'm sorry. You're still going to get a sunburn. Damn it. In a, well, in a, it, a sunburn while wearing a suit. Think about oh, that. That'll be a first. I don't even know if that makes sense scientifically, <laughs> but if anyone can pull it off, it's me. Now, I know a lot of people were alarmed about the state fair being canceled, but let's stay positive for now. Remember, this is the positive podcast. That's what we're doing. That is the uh, strategy we're going with. So, Ted, let's move on to the next big story in local college football. And that's recruiting, because apparently we're recruiting guys now uh, since there's nothing else to talk about. Look at us. Now, we talked a lot about – That's the one thing that – the biggest change that's happened for me personally during the pandemic is I went from uh, uh, zero rips about recruiting guy to, like, I'm watching huddle film, okay? And it's just – Just just breaking it down, like taking notes. It's new. (laughs) I've embraced it, though. So – we talked a lot about Caleb Williams, and clearly OU fans are very excited about his commitment, and it, it was extremely important, right? And you love to see him recruiting other guys on social media like he's doing right now. But one guy we haven't talked about yet is Latrell McCutcheon. And his commitment feels maybe not quite as important, but awfully close because I don't think many of us had concerns about OU's offense. As long as Lincoln Riley is coaching in Norman, I really don't have concerns about the offensive side of the football in Norman. They're going to get good players. They're going to get good quarterbacks. They're going to score a lot of points because they got the best offensive mind in all of college football pulling the strings. Now, Latrell McCutcheon plays defense. Teddy, would you look at that? And this guy... When you look at all of the recruiting sites, whether it's 24-7, Rivals, all of them, he is considered a top 10 corner in this class. They beat Alabama head-to-head for this guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know the last time you can say that about a defensive player for Oklahoma. These are the types of guys that will get OU over the hump because we've seen it. Every time they go to the college football playoff, 
It has been the defense that has let them down. So this is huge in my mind, and Alex Grinch continues to bring in athletes. No, I, I love it. And one of the things that we continue to see in this recruiting class defensively is – and it's, it's one of those, those points that Alex Grinch and company have been hitting on since they got here – we need to be bigger, stronger, faster, right? We need, we need bigger guys in the secondary. And McCutcheon, he's a six-foot, 180-pound corner, um, you know, could grow a little bit more even by the time he shows up. You look at some of the other, other guys, they got the Clayton Smith kid out of Texarkana, six-foot four. Ethan Downs out of Weatherford, four-star, six-foot four. The, uh, the kid out of Portland, Oregon, six-seven that we talked about. I mean, these are – these are big defensive players, and I think it's huge. I think it's great, and you're right. You know, we that's one of the problems that we, we've been in recently is we like a lot of these guys, but they've already got offers in from Bama, Georgia, LSU. Is it realistic for us defensively to go in and beat those guys out, or should we put more of our focus elsewhere? And – you go head-to-head with Alabama for a top-10 corner and win, that turns the tide. And a lot of times we've seen – I see what you did there. <laughs> tide, I see yeah, what you did there. That's right. Um, you know, we've seen with Spencer Rattler, whenever he committed, we got what, a bunch of wide receivers and, and all that stuff, and that's fantastic. I'm, I'm down for all that. But, you know, when Caleb Williams committed, everyone's wondering what's going to happen next, and you get a corner to come along with that? I mean, that's telling me that things have changed recruiting-wise around Oklahoma for the better. And defensively, um, you know, once you start to see guys like the other, the other highly recruited defensive players out there start to see more and more big star, highly recruited players come to Oklahoma, it starts to change the narrative. It really does. And I'll tell you, Gabe, prediction number 15. We moved up to 15 from 30. Nailed it. I noticed that uh, when I was looking at Latrell McCutcheon's page when I was putting the rundown together, and I was like, look at Teddy go. I noticed what? you didn't put it in the rundown. You didn't want to give me, uh, you didn't want to give me props. No, I knew that you, knew you I would, would bring it, it up. <laughs> yes. I was like, this guy's got the memory of a steel trap. So well, it, it'll be, it'll uh, be the fun. selective memory. I remember the things I, I want to. <laughs> Don't we all? That's how it works. But Exciting times on the recruiting trail for the Sooners, and that's a big get. And I think that as long as Alex Grinch is sticking around, hopefully he doesn't get a head coaching job too soon. That's the problem. I mean, it's like, don't recruit too good. You're kind of doing too well, Alex Grinch, but, you know, you'll take every guy like Latrell McCutcheon you can get. So that's – that's a hell of a get for Alex Grinch and that defensive staff. Now, Ted, let's move on to the national news in the college football world. And that news is brought to you by Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. As schools look to reopen in the fall, parents want to provide the best possible educational experience and spiritual development for their children. There's no better place for that than Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. A one-to-one iPad setting makes McGinnis students fully prepared to continue high-level learning from home. A 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio guarantees no student is overlooked. In addition to the athletic programs and clubs, 
Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Financial aid is available. For more information, visit bmchs.org. Now let's talk about the nerds, Ted. <laughs> the Ivy League canceled sports in the fall. Now, clearly, football is the main one, but they canceled all fall sports. Now, they haven't made a decision about football in the spring. They say that decision is going to come at a later date, which is kind of what we were all hearing, right, is that they were just going to push it to the spring. But when they came out and used the word canceled instead of postponed, I was like, hmm, that is very interesting. And now I understand why this could scare some people. The people that run the Ivy League, the kids there, the people making the decisions are some of the smartest people on planet Earth. So I get why this would alarm some people that the Ivy League just straight up canceled sports in the fall. Because you go back to March, they were the first to cancel their conference basketball tournament, and we all thought it was some drastic overreaction. And then we all saw how that went for the rest of college basketball. But the one difference in my mind for football is a lot of people may not know this. The Ivy League doesn't make money on football. In fact, the Ivy League loses more money on football than any other sport. So this is vastly different than the, the Power Five. I mean, it's just a completely different world. Now, is it still D1 college football? Yes, it is. But when you talk about the financial differences between Power Five schools and the decision they're having to make and the Ivy League's decision they just made from football, it's a completely different world, Ted. No, it is um, totally different. Uh, you know, one of the impacts, and, and I haven't researched this, but, you know, some of those schools do play some some power five uh, non-conference games, right? I mean, there's, there's just a, a couple of them. So, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's I think one of those. Princeton, Princeton plays army uh, a yeah. lot. So I'm sure army's looking for a new opponent. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a couple of those in there. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be an impact on some teams that they're going to have to start looking for another non-conference opponent if, if at all possible. Um, but you know, it, it is interesting, and it's a lot easier to say, nah, we better not do it whenever there's not a whole lot at stake. You know, I mean, these schools are not meccas where 150, 200,000 people show up in the middle of nowhere to watch a, in a tiny college town to watch a huge football game where there's tons of businesses that rely on that. And, um, you know, it's not covered. There's not a bunch of media positions around that, you know, spend all their time covering, you know, Harvard football and stuff like that. I mean, I know there are some, but it just, it does not have the, the economic impact, not just on the school, but all of the, uh, the, the different feeder companies, restaurants, bars, hotels, all that stuff off of it. So, 
it's not nearly as large of a decision. Um, so it, in, in that regard, it does make you feel a little bit better, but you do have to remember the more negative news that comes out, like, yeah, this, because, this doesn't help anything. No, in my this, mind, it, it's you know what bad I mean? because we know exactly what the, the people that really don't care about football, but want to generate uh, some attention, some ratings, whatever, are going to say, oh, look, at, isn't that amazing? The Ivy League doesn't make any money off of football. In fact, they lose money, and they wanna, they'll shut it down for safety of the players. But when money's involved and everyone's making money, they're okay risking the health of the players, and they want to go ahead and push it. So that agenda is going to be out there. That story is – already sitting in everyone's queue. They've already written it. They're waiting to release it. So, um, I mean, that's, that's just one, that's another negative that they're going to have to fight through. This is my, my hope is like, this is academia in Ivy league saying, this is finally our chance to get rid of sports. We, uh, we killed <laughs> basketball. We've killed football. We've it's been be pretending done. to care for years, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely not good. Yeah. The, the only reason that, this kind of alarmed me because I, I knew some of the things about the Ivy League and how they lose money off football, but they're not doing anything until 2021. I mean, they came out and said, yeah, we're, we're not doing anything until January of 2021. Who knows when the – I mean, obviously you don't lose a year of eligibility, but – You do I mean, not. Yeah, they came out and that was in their they, release, but – also, What's going to happen with not scholarship like, limitations? Are they going to be able to have a, a full recruiting class? Or those yeah. guys aren't on scholarship, are they? they no scholarship. So, but you look at it and it's like a, a fifth year at the Ivy League is not a thing, right? You see, it so cheap either if you're not yeah, on no. the scholarship. Now, some of those guys get some pretty significant financial aid, but the, the one thing that kind of really alarmed me was the Ivy League does make you know, quite a bit of money in their non-conference games in basketball. And the fact that they were willing to just say, yeah, don't even worry about it, canceled. That's where I was like, huh, okay. So hopefully, remember, we're staying positive. Hopefully this is not some sort of domino effect. And I don't think it will be. I think that when you look at the Power Five especially, which is what we're most concerned about on this podcast – they are going to wait till the absolute last minute, Ted. And it seems like that is going to be late July, early August, because Ohio State, North Carolina, Kansas, if anyone cares about Kansas football, they have all stopped voluntary workouts because of an alarming number of positive tests. Now, North Carolina was some, somewhere in the 30s, Ohio State, didn't release the number of positive tests, but you know for them to shut it down that it had to be relatively significant. And then Kansas was up there as well. So once again, not good. When I start seeing big-name programs like Ohio State, and then I look at the calendar and see that it's July 9th, I go, I thought we were supposed to be doing like football activities. I, I thought enhanced training camp is supposed to be July 24th. I mean, weren't they, they're supposed to start required workouts July 13th. And all of a sudden, a program like Ohio State's suspending the workouts. I, 
I'm going to remain positive, but it's starting to get a little difficult. Just a little bit, Ted. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) The only positive thing I have to say about the whole thing that you just went through is North Carolina had 37 positives but they did test like 450 people uh all the (laughs) athletes that's all i've got for you as far as positivity it wasn't just on the football team alone but i mean uh, i apologize to everyone but i've made the same point over and over if they continue to treat a positive test the way they are now to where you take the positive test you quarantine for 14 days you take all the people that they were in contact with and isolate those guys. Um, you just you can't you can't play football. You can't do it. You can't you can't social distance in the most physically played game in the country. You just can't do it. But the shut shields, the shut yeah. shields. Come on, Teddy. Did you see that over fifty D one programs have ordered those for their football teams? How'd that make you feel? I mean, it's fine. I mean, if that's if that's what they want to do, I, I here here's here's the 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 honest truth about the matter. There's more likely to be a player die from wearing that mask and not being able to breathe than there is a player dying of coronavirus. So, I mean, that's, heat that's stroke why. heat stroke is nothing nothing to mess with. There's I mean, no we, doubt. There's college players that have you know college and pro that have given in to, to heat stroke and stuff like that in the past. So, um, I, but I do say that like half jokingly, but I mean, you know, that may help, I guess, but whenever you have a hundred guys that are with each other 12 hours a day for an entire fall, the virus is going to make its way all the way around the team. As contagious as this is, it's going to make its way all the way around the team. Can't stop yeah. it. Well, let's just keep this, dumpster fire train rolling shall we and go to the next big story in the national college football scene and that is an article that heather dinich put out there with all kinds of quotes from conference commissioners whether it's bob bowlsby greg sankey even larry scott if larry scott's your cup of tea they all had something to say in this article and none of it was very positive i'm not gonna lie it seems like the doubt that college football will start on time is growing. Now, there's different versions of the quotes, but they all feel pretty confident that college football is going to happen. Bob Bowlesby even mentioned that the medical experts that they're consulting at the Big 12 have not told them to stop doing what they're currently doing. So I took that as a positive. But, Teddy, these last couple of weeks – What's the best? It's taken a little wind out of our sails. It's it's become a little depressing. And we're running out of time. That's just the truth. Because the decision's got to be made. It can't be something where you decide seven days before week zero. I mean, a decision needs to be made. I don't know if it's late July. Is it August 1st? But there's going to be some very real discussions in the next couple of maybe even days. Well, I've felt like for a while now that the end of next week is kind of D-Day. I mean, next Friday is 
you know, what, what's that going to be the 17th, 18th? Um, so if we don't have something concrete by then about what they're going to do moving forward, then it's, what are we talking about? And here's, here, you know, everyone is waiting, you know, and I know there's some good conversations taking place behind closed doors, but I think everyone is in a holding pattern right now, waiting on guidance and waiting on someone to step out there and say, it's going to, it, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, we're going to have positive tests. We're going to roll through it, but we're playing college football this year and it's going to happen. We're marching on and give some clarity to the situation. If there's no clarity, everyone's just going to continue to wait and see if someone's going to sit out there and make a statement. If that doesn't happen, if no one's okay, because the first person that comes out and says that's going to take all the arrows, right? This is irresponsible. Well, you, How you can saw you do what this? Jim Harbaugh said, sure. right? And he sure, got, and exactly. now it was completely taken out of context or taken from the middle of a very reasonable statement that he was yeah. making. But, I mean, you say, I think he said, what was it that, you know, coronavirus didn't start because of sports and, you know, experts, there's not experts saying that that'll make it worse. Now that can be debated for sure, but he basically said in a roundabout way that he's talked to his guys. They want to play. Like that's basically what he said. Like that, you know, of course you don't want to put these guys, if the risk is too great, you don't want to play. But he said, my guys want to play, and I want them to play because they put all kinds of hard work in to get to this point in their football career and to play college football. And a lot of people feel that way. I just don't know with all this negative news just that keeps happening over and over again, it seems like, in the last couple of weeks, where are we going to arrive? That That's my question is, is it going to be – just conference games. Because that's that's where I feel like it's headed. I, I really do. And there's been some whispers about the Big Ten, you know, having some meetings saying, discussing only conference games. Sounds like the Pac-12 has discussed it. That really wouldn't surprise me. Maybe what, Ted, just conference games, you stretch it over as many weeks as you can to give yourself some flexibility just in case you have some teams not be able to play some weeks. I I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just hoping for the best at, at this point. But as Kevin Wilson once told me, uh, you can have hope in one hand and shit in the other, and you got the same damn thing. So <laughs> it's, it's dicey. That's I. It's dicey. But once again, remaining positive. Remaining positive. Well, I mean, the the non-conference or excuse me, the conference games only is. I mean, it's an idea and that's being thrown around, but that doesn't change our underlying problem. Our underlying problem is players getting sick, right? That's, that's, the, that's what we're talking about. And the virus doesn't care if you're playing a conference opponent or a non-conference opponent whenever you have 100 guys out there in close contact, spitting, snotting, breathing on each other uh, for three and a half hours uh, virus is going to, it's going to change, right? Whether it's practice, whether it's games, it's going to, it's going to infect people and that's going to continue to happen. So 
Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've heard people batting that around, and maybe that means you can move it back a little bit, and maybe we're at a better position by then. But, you know, I mean, all that really does, like you're, you move it back, you're, you're still ending at the same time, and you're still worried about the, the second wave. So I, j- I don't know that that fixes any underlying problems. And the other thing it does is, you know, all of these non-conference opponents from the lower levels, this is how they fund their athletic programs. So now maybe you honor those contracts and say, Hey, I know this is, uh, this is how you, hey, they've already budgeted that money. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know because that creates a, that creates a huge problem because, because those schools, they've budgeted that money. That's how they pay their, they pay their people and keep their facilities, you know, uh, maintained and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's an idea, but, I don't know how it fixes the underlying issue. Right. Yep. I just think that we got to just hope for the best. Hope that everything works out. But one thing that is not working out is Northwestern in Wisconsin at Wrigley Field. Now, they will not play their November 7th game at Wrigley Field. Both sides come out and said just too much mystery with the schedules in college football and Major League Baseball and also with the seating capacity. So it just didn't make much sense for those schools to play at Wrigley Field anymore. But, damn, that's in November, Teddy. I got to imagine that everyone involved in that thing was like, thank God, right? I mean (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> going to play in a I mean Wrigley's cool and all don't get me wrong I mean that's a great baseball place but that's I a wanted baseball to see park. someone run into the ivy okay <laughs> right uh, maybe that's maybe that's true but the 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 seats in a baseball stadium watching a football game are weird um you know what, the what's worse watching a fo- terrible what's worse watching a football game in a baseball stadium or watching a basketball game in a football stadium. Those are, those are all awful. And I'll, I'll throw you a third one playing a football game on a baseball field, like Ooh. in Brooklyn. And it is the worst thing ever. It's awful. That, that, that's by far the worst of all of them. I don't think I, did I never, you ever do that? I never played there. I don't think, I don't know my memory, well, you know, it looks like dirt on TV, but, it's essentially uh, sprayed down brown gravel that whenever you fall on, it's like cinder, like a cinder track. Whenever you go down on it, it just totally destroys your skin. And they're not out there wetting it down like they are in baseball. It is rock hard. It's like taking a dive on a gravel road. It's horrible. (laughs) And on that note, we'll move on to our segments. (laughs) And since it's Thursday, Ted, you know we got to wet the beak just a little bit. And today's wet the beak line is about the Washington Redskins. Now, all signs are pointing to the Washington Redskins changing their name. We saw FedEx, who has the naming rights to their stadium, come out and request that they change the name. We saw Nike and now Amazon remove all of the merchandise from their online stores. Hell, there was even three people that own about 40% of the team that have come out and said that, you know, we're thinking about selling. So Dan Snyder, 
said they're doing a thorough review. And of course, we all trust Dan Snyder at his word, of course. But of course, you can bet on what the name is going to change to. So our friends at betonline.ag have released some odds, Ted. And I, I just, before I read off the odds, when you hear Washington blank, what makes sense to you? Just right off that, just word association, Washington blank. I mean, Redskins, because it's been pounded into my head for 38 years. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. I've gone through everything, and it all sounds bad. I'm sure eventually I'll get used to whatever they change it to, but right now it's hard to imagine it as anything. Now, Is there something that comes to mind for you? Yes, Washington Generals, but I don't think yeah. that that's going to happen because isn't that the team that plays the Globetrotters? Yeah. And now I did see something very early on that they said that they would consider like giving that name up to the Redskins if they would, if they would change. But why would you want to name your football team after the most losing basketball team in history? Yeah, wouldn't be great. I, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it maybe they just right now. Maybe they just confuse everyone and they end up as the Washington Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> just like, wait, what? What? All right, here are the odds for the Washington Redskins' new name if it is changed from Bet Online AG. Uh, the favorite, the Washington Red Tails at three to one, the Washington Generals four to one, the Washington Presidents five to one, Washington Lincolns six to one, Washington Veterans eight to one, Washington Capitals nine to one. Aren't there already of Washington Capitals? It's the hockey team, right? Yeah. Didn't they win the Stanley Cup like a couple of years ago? That's right. Uh, okay. Well, name it after a winner, I guess, right? Well, I got one for you. How about the Washington Nationals? Does that sound good? <laughs> uh, I feel like they won something recently, That would take too. too? Hey, who cares? How about this? The Washington Americans at 10 to 1. Huh. Nice. That's not that bad. Um, and then you've got also at 10 to 1, the memorials, the monuments. Oh, the Washington monuments with just a giant Washington monument as the symbol. What could go wrong there? Just a huge obelisk. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> the Washington Kings. Uh, that's like the opposite, I think, of yeah. what America's going for. And then you got the Red Hawks at 15 to 1. The Renegades at 22 to 1, RIP to our friends, the Dallas Renegades. And then you've got the Arlingtons, 25 to 1. And then a personal favorite that is on the board of mine, the Washington Snowflakes at 500 to 1. 500 to 1. Um, what about the Hogs, 50 to 1? You know, that's kind of, uh, isn't that what the guys in the stands used to do? And that kind of turned into a thing? Yeah. Um, that's what the old line there used to be. They used to call themselves. Right. So if, if I go through the list, like process of elimination, red tails, um, that's, that's after the Tuskegee airmen. That is, it's three to one. That's the favorite right now. The Washington red tails. That's probably if I was laying money on it, where I would go. Um, because, you know, generals, is already used uh presidents kind of canceled right now lincoln's kind of canceled right now 
Um, Americans kind of canceled. Memorials and monuments both definitely canceled. <laughs> Roosevelt's canceled. Jefferson's canceled. Arlington probably. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, the Trumps at 501 canceled. If you go by that, it really cuts things down big time. Is really all you're left with at that point is taken names and the red tails and the hogs. So I would probably go with red tails. Washington red tails. Do you think we could get used to that? Cuba Gooding Jr.? I mean, come on. Yeah, Washington red tails. Now, I they mean, did it's co- close they enough to redskins that it, it does kind of flow. Right, and they came out and said that there's not going to be any Native American imagery with the new team name. So, Red Tails, I mean, they're the favorite, so I probably wouldn't bet on them. I think, I want to say I would bet on the Washington Monuments just because I think it would be hilarious if there was a giant obelisk on some NFL helmets. It would be perfect. The jokes would write themselves. If I know Snyder, he would change it from the Redskins to the next most offensive thing, which I don't know what that would be, but just to say there, I changed it, but I, I don't know. I would probably say Red Tails, right? Okay. I mean, is Agreed. that one to settle on? But betting, you're right. I mean, it, three to one, not great odds there. What are the odds that it doesn't change? And Snyder's like, we're st- – we're, Putting it through studies, and the study takes 10 years. Well, uh, I think if I know one thing, and I don't know much about business, Mm -hmm. things tend to change quickly when the big money threatens to leave. Yeah. Things things change. and, And you're talking FedEx, Nike, Amazon. I mean, all all kinds of big companies that are saying change it. Sell the merchandise, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he has a choice. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see because here's the one thing that we know. I agree with you on that, but will they be able to stay focused on it? Because we are a, like, the most all-over-the-place, you know, country right now, uh, media, like, we're hot on the Redskins name, but something else happens and it's completely abandoned that we're on to the next deal. So as long as they stay on task and, and it stays out there in the forefront, cause this isn't the first, I mean, this has been going on for a long time and it goes in cycles like every three or four years, um, you know, something but happens. And, doesn't this and time, this time feels different. It to definitely me, does. For definitely sure. It does. Is, is soldiers too controversial? The Washington soldiers? I, I know it's not on the board, but it's got kind of a nice ring to it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe too many people would complain about soldiers and, you know, the violence. I don't, I don't know, but that'd be kind of a yeah, badass name. It would be. I, yeah, I do worry about that because, you know, there's, there's been this recent within the last, you know, 15, 20 years, the whole – sports compared to war thing yeah been yeah we've talked about big that no no yeah. but i mean i'm not gonna lie i don't really like any of these names so 
we'll see. I, Red Tails is cool. They could probably come up with a pretty sweet symbol for that. It is. Um, and there's some, it's a really cool story too. So, I mean, that makes sense. But here's the one thing I know, Gabe, and, and <laughs> this is, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's college, if it's pro, if it's basketball, football, if you change your name or you change your uniform, everyone will hate it. Every single person will absolutely hate <laughs> Go it. back to the Redskins. This sucks. <laughs> this is way more offensive. No, I mean, it's like anytime you try, hey, check out the new alternate uniforms. Those are awful. I hate them. Don't ever wear them again. So people will hate it, but it will slowly grow on them over, you know, a couple of years. It'll be I, hard to get used to, though. Whatever. Yeah, a lot of people will complain, and then they'll be like, Dan Snyder finally changed it, and then everyone will buy new merchandise and make Dan Snyder a bunch of money, and it's going to be like, he's just been playing the long game this whole time. <laughs> That's true. Isn't that that funny how that point. works? That is a good, good point. It's like, okay, I guess we'll change the name. Oh, by the way, the new merchandise has gone up 10%, so have fun. Yeah, and you had that whole deal, what they wanted to move back to D.C., like actually in D.C., build, sounded like a new stadium there, something like that. And the even the city was like, change it. So it's <laughs> changing. Can't wait to see what it changes to. All right, Ted, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. And those are brought to you by Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. Nice. I need one of those after all the wine this weekend. Whew, mama. You and me both. I need a free fat burner injection, anyways. Well, find me we'll, up. We'll call our we'll Let's call our it. friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. I'm sure they'll hook it up. Why not? Perfect. All right, Ted. Who you got as your winner of the week? Patrick Mahomes, mm. and or Kansas City. You know, a ten year deal. The the exact like language of the contract is kind of difficult. I'm not exactly sure. What's there? Four hundred fifty or so million dollars. Um, how much of of can, it is guaranteed? Can get to five hundred three if he hits yeah, everything or something. I don't. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's all I know. It's a lot of money, and it's a long time. And you know, there's very few ten year contracts that everyone plays all the way through. And team and player are like, man, this that was such a great idea. I'm glad we did the ten year deal. A lot of them are total disasters, um, like whenever you get into some baseball stuff where you've got the fully guaranteed 10-year deals. I didn't like it for, for really either, either, either side of it, but someone is going to come out a winner. Mahomes is, um, you know, if he plays that whole thing out and makes half a billion dollars, well, and wins a couple of Super Bowls in there and is the biggest star in the league over that 10 years, well, I'd say he turned out a, a big winner. I do think there's a chance, though, that it, he may win a Super Bowl in 
in the next season, this this coming season. He may win one the following year. He may be the NFL MVP. And there may be a time here in the not-too-distant future if if things continue to escalate and the NFL continues to 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 grow and earn more revenue and have more ratings and and uh, you know continue to make more money that he left a bunch of money on the table, you know. So the other thing is like I don't know necessarily if I was in his spot that that I would want to tie myself into something for ten years just you know to give myself some outs, give myself some options. Yeah. Are, do you think there's anything built in to it that gives him some flexibility? I, I can't imagine you sign a deal like that where you don't have some outs. And I know some guys have been, you know, combing through the contract and putting some details out there. I well, can't imagine he is locked in with no wiggle room for a decade. I, I just can't imagine that that is the case. I mean, here's the thing that he'll always have, no matter if it is like a uh, a contract that he's just totally locked into, he'll always have the ability as the best player on the team to say, ah, you know what, I'm just not going to play this year. How about that? I'll just, you don't have to pay me, I'll just sit out. And they'll probably find their way to the negotiating table pretty quickly. So he always does have that, that card. And I'm sure he can re-up at some point. Because like you're saying, it, and I know it's hard for people to grasp right now, but eventually, this is going to be a team-friendly deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is. That's just how a 10-year contract – with the way that the – like you mentioned, the way that the NFL grows from a revenue standpoint, the way that the salary cap has jumped now, it's not going to do that this season. Yeah. Well, but, maybe. I mean well, – Yeah, we'll find out. If college football doesn't play and – NFL's the only show going in the fall. Their ratings are going to be insane. And Patrick Mahomes is going to go, I should have gotten $600 million. <laughs> Right. But I do think there is value for Patrick Mahomes being comfortable where he's at. And as a guy that bounced around from place to place to place, I talked to a lot of star players because I played for a lot of different teams. And one constant thing with those guys was, and it's the same with coaches, they liked the stability. They liked knowing where they were going to be. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes has peace of mind, this is out of the way. And we know he's going to make an absolute fortune off the field and endorsements. I, I love it for him. I love that he knows where he's going to be. I'm sure there's some flexibility built within that contract. And then I love it for Kansas City because now they've got two years, right, where he's still on his original deal. They've got two years to start figuring out a plan because that number is going to get big. And I know a lot of people criticizing going, well, if he's taking up that much of the salary cap, how much talent can you have around him? The Kansas City Chiefs have two years to figure that out, yeah, how they're going to manipulate things. But probably the most important thing, Ted, is that they draft well, right? They have guys yeah. that are on cheap rookie deals playing for them. Well, all those things are exactly right. Here's the other thing I'll say. You know, I know, I know Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl, and he's got ridiculous arm talent. And I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's fantastic. I, I think he's fantastic. But – 
there was also a window after Aaron Rodgers won his first Super Bowl at Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers is about to rip off, you know, three or four Super Bowls here over the next five or six years. And Aaron Rodgers has, in my opinion, until Mahomes showed up, been the best quarterback in the NFL, and it ain't close. And it just like the way he plays, the throws he can make, the way he can move and, and all that stuff. And what's happened? They've had injury problems. He's had injury problems. They won't had, get him a wide receiver. I mean, that's the thing. You know, at some point, Kansas City's going to say, well, yeah, Mahomes is so good that we could afford to spend our, our draft picks on the defensive side just because he's going to make all these other guys so much better. So we can get we can get away with going first round on defense every year. So I just I just caution because I heard some people today on like I don't know I was, it was on satellite and they're like we're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes and Joe Montana of who's the greatest of all time in in at the end of this contract and I'm like man it never works out that way it never works out the Are, way it it just looks like it's supposed to wait did Tom Brady die did I miss something well I mean no you didn't miss anything I. I can't explain their take on it. I'm, I was just laughing at the fact that, you know, it, it stuff like this rolls around all the time where a player has a, a fantastic couple of years and they're going to be the next greatest thing ever. And it just it just doesn't work out that way. The, the Usually, best, sometimes it does. I will say this. The best part of this, I have talked to a lot of guys that played with Mahomes in college, played with him in Kansas City. I have never heard one bad thing about him. Really good kid. So when you see a guy that treats everyone the right way and is just a good dude, you see him reward rewarded with a contract like that, that's how it's supposed to be, right? I mean, it, sometimes you see guys get these gigantic contracts and you've heard and he's kind of a scumbag and you're like, ugh, oh yeah, good for him. This is one where you're like, good for that guy. And yeah. he deserves it. He's the best player in all of football. And he's a good dude. Yeah, give him all the money. Give it to just, just back up the Brinks truck. How about this? Okay, a bit of trivia for you, uh, Gabe. Patrick Mahomes was a three-star quarterback. Uh, it was at White Horse, Texas, I believe. Um, do you? He had three offers. For college football, do you know the three teams that offered Patrick Mahomes? I definitely do not, but I'm going to go with the easy one. I'm going to take the layup, Texas Tech. Yes, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And then maybe someone else offered him to play football and baseball or something like that. It's got to be just all Texas. Is it all Texas schools? It is not. There's one Texas school and another Big 12 school. I'm going to go with... Kansas? No. Kansas. No. no. Just tell me. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, oh, no. and Rice. Oklahoma State offered him? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Disaster averted. Whoa. <laughs> I did not. Dude, I have ne I've never even heard that. Yep. I was looking up after whenever he signed this deal, I was just, I was messing around on his recruiting page um, to see like how highly recruited he was. I, he was, he was a three-star kid. 
and uh, had three offers, Rice, Texas Tech, and um, Oklahoma State. Sonny Cumbie at Texas Tech who, who recruited him. It's the best work Sonny Cumbie's done and is a coordinator. Still can't call plays. <laughs> no, that's All right, Ted, who do you have as your loser of the week? My loser is Stanford. Stanford. Stanford has axed 11 varsity sports because of um, the coronavirus situation. Men's and women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, whatever that is, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, and wrestling. Okay, they've, they've axed 11, 11 varsity sports, financial. <laughs> that, is, that is a group of the 11 widest sports on planet Earth. This is how they have like 5,000 national championships. They've won that governor's, whatever that cup thing is, like the Capital One Cup or whatever. Yeah, they've won it so many times because they have more sports than everyone else. Now, Stanford is predicting a $70 million athletic department shortfall over the next three years because of the coronavirus situation. Now, here's why they are losers. Take a guess at what Stanford uh, endowment is. Well, the thing is, Stanford was one of my final three schools. So not only do they brag about how many sports they have, they also brag about their $26, $27 billion endowment, if my memory serves me correctly. $27 billion endowment, which, you know, $70 million for the shortfall over three years is less than they're paying like someone to manage that. So I am, I am not afraid to admit this. I know what an endowment is, mm -hmm. but I don't know what kind of access schools have to an endowment and how they can distribute that money. I, I do not know that. So Teddy, it, do you have knowledge I, of that stuff? All I know is whenever I, I looked it up on Stanford's website, it said that their endowment was, was $27 billion. They made 1.8 billion on uh, you know investments over the last uh, fiscal year. They've averaged like 7% return over the last 10 years. And it said the endowment is used for um, uh, financial uh, support for the university for perpetuity. So, I mean, I, if you're not using it for budget shortfalls for athletics and all, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but, if you're not using it to save 11 sports, it's not right. like we're talking about two, 11. If you don't have access, change the rules to where you do have access. That's all I'm saying. You know? Yeah, I, so I'm sure we'll have some endowment experts reach out to us and explain to us why we are morons. Yeah. Feel free. That, those, those aren't the rules. Okay, well, you heard my last uh, statement. Change the rules. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You At like Gabe Eichard. At Gabe Eichard on Twitter, at Ted Lehman 11 on Twitter. Let us know. Endowment experts, nerds. But, yeah, I was, I was really surprised. And I think that's, once again, was very alarming. You had the Ivy League cancel fall sports, and then you had Stanford 
which has all the money in the world with the endowment, cancel 11 programs. And uh, I think there's a lot of other schools out there going, well, Stanford did it, so I think we can do it now and maybe people won't be that mad. <laughs> it right. just that That's kind of was my initial thought. I was like, oh, if Stanford's doing that, what's going to happen to some of these other places? We'll see. Yeah. Once again, we're remaining positive. Yeah, like think about uh, – just for example – Stanford has uh, a huge endowment, and I'm sure, sure UCLA does too, but UCLA is like $15 million in the red right now with their athletic department budget. So, I mean. Good job, there, Chip Kelly. There's a lot of schools out there that are going to be hurting if they don't play football. And let's not forget UCLA's little Under Armour issue. Have we heard an update on that? I, I, no. I haven't heard anything, so I don't think it's going well for UCLA. <laughs> All right, Ted, my winner of the week, Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA. Yes, the Thunder headed to Orlando to the NBA bubble on Wednesday. And as they were doing that, Shea Gilgis Alexander signed a multi-year shoe deal with Converse. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure Nike owns Converse. Now, I think it's like all under one umbrella, Nike, Jordan brand, Converse. So it's not like he's going to be wearing just trash shoes. But the cool thing about it for SGA is the slogan they came out with, you can't spell slag without SGA. That was awesome. Kudos to Converse. I don't know who came up with that, but give that person a raise. Well done. But it sounds like he's going to have some creative control and design input. Now, Ted, I know you've seen some of SGA's outfits walking in at Chesapeake. And the man is not scared to get out there a little bit with the style. So I can't wait to see what these shoes. I know he's going to wear kind of just standard shoes right now for the end of the season that Converse already has. But what are the odds that Teddy Lehman's walking around in some stylish converses here pretty soon with SGA's initials, symbol, whatever on them? Hey, if, if, if it means they go in and make it to a Western Conference final or make it to an NBA final, I'll wear whatever the man wants me to wear. But I would love it if he just threw everyone for a loop and the first night he's coming out in his, uh, his new Converse shoes, he just goes old school Converse All-Stars. And just... breaks both ankles. <laughs> and looks awful out there sliding around on the floor. Uh, I, those have to be the worst shoes ever made. How anyone did anything athletic in those, I have no idea. It's My mom brought when, me it's some back home. when men were men. Dead. Yeah, well, I, I bet they had strong ankles after wearing those. My mom brought me some home one time, and she's like, these are in style. I was probably like in, I was probably eight or nine years old. She's like, these are in style. I said, hell no, I ain't wearing these, mom. Take them back. These are not comfortable, mom. I can't run in these. You're I, trying to kill your son. One thing I really hope that SGA does with Converse is make kind of like a lifestyle shoe. So Westbrook does that with Jordan brand. And when Westbrook was our guy, every time he released a lifestyle shoe, I bought them. I have them all. And I thought that was kind of, I, I like supporting the guys when they're on the team, you know, 
So I hope SGA, because I've got no use for basketball shoes, you would have to pay me a very large sum of money to go play bis- to go play some pickup basketball. I'm talking. Really? Yeah. Oh. You were there's a hoops just, guy in high yeah, school. Dude, just, you don't miss it? Yeah, but the, the knee – okay, number one reason I don't do it is because of my knee uh, that I had surgically repaired that essentially exploded my rookie year. I, I don't want to have to deal with that again. That's like the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life, that second night after that knee surgery. I don't need that in my life. Number two reason I don't do it, I just have an irrational fear, almost like at all times that my Achilles, both of them are just going to simultaneously explode. And I feel I, like the odds of that happening go way up if you play pickup basketball. I'm telling you, I so uh, there was a very short time period where I would uh, go play with a group of guys um, at like 5 a.m. a couple times a week. Oh, and we play pickup basketball. That's ruptured Achilles written all over it. So it never happened while I was there, but over a very short period of time, several people from the group uh, had the Achilles deal happen. Well, I think it, you're good. It's mid thirties. It seems like it's, that's whenever everyone starts to go mid thirties. And it's not a coincidence that in your case, these guys are tearing it that early in the morning. you like, your Achilles takes a while to warm up so like dude i go on a walk like a slow walk before i even get on the peloton because <laughs> i'm like i am not getting on this thing and starting to go hard and popping achilles it's just not happening like that's that's where i'm at in life so pickup basketball is just out of the question i need Dad. to get you some like achilles tight wraps or something that you can put on down there for some extra support before you hit the peloton up makes me feel safe <laughs> All right, my loser of the week in one of the weirdest little ordeals, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, what the hell was that dude thinking? Uh, For those of you that don't know, he posted an anti-Semitic quote that he credited to Adolf Hitler. Yeah, yeah, Hitler, that Hitler. So, first of all, let's not – and I don't think it's – no, it's it, it's certainly important. The Eagles GM and the Eagles owner are both Jewish. Deshaun Jackson plays for the Eagles. So what's the best way to say this? Here's a good piece of life advice for any of our listeners. I think this is this is a really good piece of advice. Don't – quote Hitler ever just don't do it don't do it ever for any reason at all unless you're writing some sort of research paper and it has to be in there and you're a student don't quote Hitler don't use Hitler ever to back up a point you are trying to make unless that point is something about terrible things that have happened in this world. Or unless you're, you're trying to make a case for Hitler being the worst person in recorded history. Don't quote Adolf Hitler. Now, Deshaun Jackson's statement 
was, of course, denounced by the Eagles, denounced by the NFL. Deshaun Jackson, once everyone roasted his ass, has apologized. And he said it's not what he meant. Equality, equality, equality. And he said he's going to do some work with the Jewish organizations in Philly. And it's, he's going to, you know, he's going to show he's sorry by his actions. But don't quote Hitler. Ted, in, in all of the stupid things I've seen athletes do, of course, we've seen some bad stuff in our day. But when you're talking about just words, racial slurs, and quoting Hitler, that's as bad as it gets. That's it. That's right. That's the pinnacle of stupid things you can say if you're a professional athlete. Okay, that is true. But the insanity did not stop there. So he puts out the original quote. He gets hammered for it. So then instead of like maybe reading it deeper and saying, yeah, that probably wasn't a good idea, he he goes in and highlights the specific part that he was talking about and said, no, no, I'm just talking about this, which may have been the worst part of the entire <laughs> – the entire paragraph okay and then gets hammered again and then after all of this like blows up Stephen Jackson comes in and says no no yeah yeah that's he he's right he's speaking that, the truth that blew my mind <laughs> and listen I've been a big fan of what Stephen Jackson's been doing the last couple of weeks I think he's been using his voice to try to implement positive change when it comes to race relations when it comes to a lot of other issues in this country. But when he said that, I literally just sat there and I was like, bro, what? He quoted Adolf Hitler. I mean, if we're talking about racial equality and working towards that in this country, using quite possibly the most racist human being ever is not the way to go. It's just not. It's a bad idea, guys. It's a bad, 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 bad idea. I mean, I, I've, I, I mean, all I, I'm sorry. All I could do is laugh at how, how dumb it was. It's by, by both guys. I just, mean, dumb isn't even the, the right word. It, it was, it was shot. I thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was like, oh my gosh, he's been hacked. Someone photoshopped this. This is weird. And then I saw it everywhere and was like, oh, my God, this is real. Unbelievably. Then doubled down. Unbelievably done. Unbelievably done. I mean, if here's the the sad part. And then said he didn't mean to offend any Jewish people. I'm like, what? Right. That's what I'm saying is like. And I'm not Jewish or anything, but I like, how can you put that quote out there by that man and say, oh, I didn't mean to offend any Jewish people. Well, can you think? Do you have a brain? Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, I, and this is the truth. He put it out there. He doubled down. And then after, you know, he got the call from, you know, management, then he was from sorry. From his Jewish GM and his yeah. Jewish owner. Right. Then he was sorry, but. I mean, it's clear that that's how he feels. I mean, he's sorry because he's about to get cut is why he's sorry. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, 
Yeah, I'm gonna hope. I I hope that he makes up for it with his actions, right? Because there were some Jewish people, Jewish people that I know, that were very very offended, and they should be. It was unbelievably stupid. Now let let's move on to something that is not unbelievably <laughs> stupid, and that is everyone's favorite segment, Teddy keeping it local where we highlight what's going on in the great state of Oklahoma. And there was a really cool story by Joe Masato and the Oklahoman about the Oklahoma City Thunder partnering with CAA to launch the Thunder Fellows program. And this is the description in Masato's article. A nonprofit organization designed to create opportunities in sports, technology, and entertainment for black students in the Tulsa area. So from what I understand, this partnership between the Thunder and CAA that they're calling the Thunder Fellows Program, it's going to be made up of black students from regional colleges and universities and Tulsa middle schools and high schools. All of that is how is, is who's going to be in this Fellows Program. It, it's going to be in the Greenwood district there in Tulsa. And I just thought this was really, really cool. I mean, we've talked about after, you know, all of the protests that were a result of the George Floyd murder and all these things like, you know, how are people going to actually cause change? And I, and I was reading about this and I'm going, how many professional sports teams do something like this where they set these kids up for success later in life, you know, with the skill set that maybe they wouldn't have had access to. And you, you think about implementing change and, you know, causing financial mobility in the state of Oklahoma. And this is just good for the state. I mean, getting Oklahomans these skills and allowing them to hopefully, hopefully you can keep the talent in the state, right? with these skill sets, but Ted, I just thought this was a really cool idea and they got it done extremely quickly. I mean, this came together in just a couple of weeks. So I was just really impressed with the leadership with the thunder and I don't know. It just, it made me hopeful that this state is going to grow in a positive way. I'll tell you what's awesome is, you know, it wasn't very long ago that, you know, obviously the Thunder weren't here, but the ability to live in Tulsa or Oklahoma City and be able to have a direct tie in a, a, a fellows program almost, I mean, I don't know exactly what's going to be, but it seems like maybe in like kind of an intern type deal. I'm just going to say it sounds like it's going to be really hard. <laughs> like when yeah, I was like, I mean, I was like, oh, this sounds difficult. And I bet Sam Presti's going to speak a bunch and you're going to have to understand all his big vocab words. It's going to be very difficult. But the how awesome it is that these kids in Oklahoma have access to these type of people in this type of industry to where if you go to this program, you may get to sit down and, and be able to have a Q&A and pick Sam Presti's brain a little bit or any of the other people that, that work for the Thunder, whether it's marketing or 
their digital team or the business side of it, the account, like whatever part of it that you're interested in, then you don't get that. I mean, people don't get the opportunity to sit in front of someone like that and, you know, impress them, show that you've got talent and they can walk away and say, I've, I've, I'll remember that kid someday. Yeah. And I'll be in a couple of years, kid. Right. So, I mean, that's, that opportunity is just, you can't even put a price tag on it. Yeah. It, it's invaluable. And, you know, I'm, I, I can't wait to see what comes of this. I'm very excited for the kids. They're going to be able to take part in the Thunder Fellows program. Just want to give the Thunder and along with CA the credit because it just, just sounds like it's going to be something that's really cool for Tulsa, really cool for the state of Oklahoma. And like you said, is going to open some doors that maybe would have never been open for some of these kids. All right, Ted. What is that? Episode 23? Is this our Jordan episode? Clicking them off, man. Jordan episode. I think that's right. I think it's 23. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right. So episode 23 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. And you can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time.